podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday morning? Hey there. Happy morning. Happy happy Monday morning, y'all. Welcome to another Victory Monday after an amazing 49ers football Sunday. As always, uh, we got to... Feel pretty good all game long. Driver's seat pretty early, except for being down 7-0 at the beginning. But regardless, came back real quick and have been feeling good since. And we got a lot of fun things to talk about and look forward to. Yes, indeed we we do. It's been a fun, fun season we were we were worried about this being a trap game for a few minutes there it looked like it it may have been Cardinals offense actually dropped the second most points against the 49ers that any team has this season but it did not matter because our offense just kept on cooking our defense made the plays it needed to when it needed to so just a really fun game uh we were worried about it being a trap game but this was a team that took care of business and now we get to we get to look forward to probably the most anticipated game of the entire NFL season, not just the 49ers season, but the the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl rematch that we'll we'll chat about in a bit. But first we're going to break I'm down this you. game in more detail. I'm with you that it is potentially the most anticipated game, but not necessarily from the beginning. It has absolutely become the most anticipated game, at least for Niners fans or by a lot of the people in the NFL. Yeah, like, that, that's these true. Are the, these are the, this is the two number one seeds, NFC, AFC. Like that's the definition of a Super Bowl preview. We look at, you know, when the Eagles and Bills played, I was thinking, or uh, before the season, when I saw that schedule, I'm like, well, that could be a preview, but... The Bills aren't even slated to make the playoffs right now. Which well, is I wild think I think itself. that might change after the uh, manhandling they put on the Cowboys last night. But or I'm yesterday. with you. I, just but still, but I agree. You're right. Record. You're you're totally right. Uh, 49ers Eagles was probably more anticipated from the but than this by us. We were no one expected the Ravens. I don't think to be the to be the one seed. But but here we are. Battle of the one seeds on Christmas. The NFL's Christmas gift to us. Roger Goodell does it again in his quest to take over all American holidays. He is succeeding. Yeah, and uh, they've already got Saturdays now. That college football's over. The NFL marches on. The NFL stops for no man. Anyway, we've got a, a phenomenal game here. Daniel, any, I don't know, what's the first thing you want to talk about when you when you hear this game? I know what I want to talk about, but I, I'm curious what you think. Well, you you alluded to what I want to talk about, but I, we got to do our, pay our dues, and let's celebrate before we get, I want to nitpick dominance today is what I want to do. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Let us let us celebrate some wins here. So let's run through the stat line. Uh, he does it yet again, ladies and gentlemen. Brock Purdy threw the ball 25 times. That is a very low amount for an MVP candidate quarterback. 25 attempts 
is not a lot. And he completed 16 of those passes um, for four touchdowns. He only attempted to throw the ball 25 times, and four of those resulted in a touchdown, no interceptions, not even a single sack, which is awesome. And so uh, just to remind you, we were without some stars. Spencer Burford, right guard, out. Elijah Mitchell, out. Wait, wait, Uh, which star was out? Uh, more so to the defense. Eric Sorry, Armstead. that was a bit of a just a bit of a burn to Burford. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Spencer. Eric Armstead out. Javon Hargrave out, and Oren Burks all out. Um, I will say, yet, I actually the injury report was better. We talked a lot about being worried about health coming into this game, and obviously the team was depleted, but. A lot of guys that we were worried about were out there. Oh, we were a little worried about Trevarius Ward. He had maybe his best yeah. game of the season. The big loss was that interior defensive line with Armstead and Hargrave out, but they those shouldn't be long-term. But to be honest, Daniel, we talked a lot last week being worried about health, and this just shows how what the spot the Niners are in. With those names you just said being out, that was better than we expected going in. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think I was still still worried for sure, especially with uh, both interior boys out. I wasn't feeling great with Armstead and Hargrave both out, uh, but they showed up, or uh, the guys behind them showed up, excuse me, and uh, were able to pull it off for the most part. But well, yeah, we'll get to the we'll get to the fact that the Cardinals scored the second most points on the Niners this whole season because that's just ridiculous. But Let's keep going for some highlights. Uh, Purdy's quarterback rating was a 135. Unreal. Um, I know Baker Mayfield had a better rating, which is, you know, he had a, he had a day himself. Uh, but the 45ers, the, 45 the 49ers put up 45 points. Um, that has to be, other than the Raiders, <laughs> that has to be the most points yet again in a week. Yeah. Raiders the, 63, Lions of the Of the teams who played, of the games that were played against teams that hadn't given up on the season, the 49ers scored the most points. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Chris McCaffrey does it again. Three touchdowns. So, 18 rushing attempts, 115 yards. That's an average of 6.4. A phenomenal average with one rushing touchdown. He also led the team in receiving with five receptions for 72 yards and two tutties. He also had um, a receiving touchdown where he was so open that he fell over after catching the ball and then got up and ran into the end zone. Still untouched. Yeah, that was awesome. Correct. That, I mean, I don't even know if that was credit to him as much as the Cardinals just completely messing up, but it was a great highlight. A little bit of both, man. So I know, like, this Cardinals defense, we were talking about it, and they only had two guys that I, I could – recognize the names of and i know very well coached very well coached but let's just we destroyed them and so we'll highlight debo samuel who had two receiving touchdowns only on 48 yards but the the end around where they gave him the ball sorry where they faked the they did the end around play end around fake where they faked handing him the ball in the end around him coming behind the center and then he like kind of pretended to look like he was giving up on the play. Sometimes I think when the end around doesn't go to him, he will kind of slow up and, and not be involved. But also, you got to sell the fake, and then you're so far removed from the play. I get that. But 
man, oh man, he was like, they just forgot about him. They did not care that he was so open (laughs) and it was just awesome. It was so awesome. That touchdown pass where he just was forgotten about. And then the announcers are like, yeah, you got to see Debo on your scouting report as a guy you don't leave open. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, we have uh, we have got... some announcer. I have some announcer thoughts at some point. Whatever you wanna you wanna dive into those. So just let me know. It's pretty, it's pretty poor. I wasn't I wasn't a fan. So should we just do should we do it now? Should we rip Charles yeah, Davis I... for for making up NFL rules? Yeah, get into it. All right. So first of all, Charles Davis, the voice of Madden, the voice of football in my brain. So he deserves some credit. He's the well, the color commentator, and he is talking about Ronnie Bell's fumble on the fumble on the punt return, which we should probably talk about a little. A little word. We really need Ray Ray back. But anyway, Ronnie Bell fumbles mm-hmm. on a punt return. You watch the replay; it's immediately clear that his forearm hit the ground, and then the ball came out. As we all know, the ground can't cause the fumble, and forearm is a part of your body that can make you down. And Charles Davis well, just goes on well, this monologue about how the ground can actually can cause the fumble, which maybe is true. And he's like, "In the in the it's the arm down, so he's not down." And then Gene Steratore has to come on and just completely be like. Actually, Charles, that was completely wrong. Uh, his forearm was down. Very clearly not a fumble. It's just like, come on, man. He's been doing this. For, Charles Davis has been doing this for like a decade. You know, my doctor did tell me. So me and Charles Davis, we, we share the same doctor. And the doctor did tell me that the forearm is no is no longer part of the body. So I think that's where Charles Davis was going from. Do you guys actually share a doctor? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Maybe he lives in the Bay Area. What do I know? That was just my best excuse for a, a, a silly play call like that. That was just, yeah, uh, that was like, what? So it wasn't great. And, yeah, that, that was a, a bummer of a punt. And so uh, we had some great, some, great, some great defensive plays as well. Fred Warner leading the team in tackles, actually tying. Uh, him and Diomedor Lenore each had nine total, eight solo. But Lenore had tackle for a loss. Pass deflection. Fred Warner forced a fumble. But the real man of the hour on the defensive side of the ball was Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward had one heck of a day. There were three sacks. Nick Bosa had one. Javon Kinlaw, who's really stepped up in absence of other guys. Uh, And Chase Young and Fred Warner combined for a sack. But back to Charvarius Ward. Three total tackles, two solo <laughs> two interceptions and two pass deflections all over the ball, and he got his reward with a touchdown. So awesome seeing him come through in such a big way as he's been battling injury. So, um, Timmy, any other specific thoughts on Traverius Ward or some defensive highlights here? No, I mean, Traverius Ward was the defensive highlight, right? And and reading about it after the post game, I want to say it was Matt Barrows for The Athletic was talking about how, you know, Ward's been putting together a, a very high-quality season, all pro, you know, leading the, the league in pass breakups and stuff like that. But he was saying to people and his teammates were like, yeah, if he wants to be an all-pro, like he's got to get picks. That's the stat people care about. And he came up with yeah. two today, the pick six. Apparently, Debo Samuel told him he looked like a wide receiver out there, which is, is kind of the nicest thing a quarterback can say to a wide receiver could say to a corner. So just really, really good from from uh, from Ward. And it's 
It's been fun to have an elite corner on the team. We, we haven't had one of those guys in a while, Daniel. Someone who you can be like, hey, go take away their best defensive player. Go do this. Go do this. And it, it's really, it's been really fun to have that again. And obviously, Lenore's playing really well. Diamondor Lenore's playing great as well. So, Embry Thomas has been playing well. It, it's fun to have a good secondary. I feel like we've talked for years about corner being the spot we're like most worried about on the roster. And well, yeah, it, it's just been really fun to have a star there again. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I mean, the last time we had a true star at corner, and part of me, like, I don't know, I, I'd be curious to hear his own thoughts on this, but I, I'm hesitant, obviously, to say Richard Sherman was the last star because he was past his prime, but yet he, he was still a stud with the Niners. His first year with the Niners, he he was playing at his at his best. That was that was prime Richard yeah. Sherman still. I think just as the as the years continued, I was like, well, I just don't know if 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 even he himself would would call that calib that uh, his play at that time caliber of being a star. But you are right; his first year he was tremendous, and so I would just love to hear what Richard Sherman would have to say about anything I say. Uh, <laughs> but like those are the wins and big, big, huge win, winning forty five to twenty nine, but. I know we had some injuries, and you were talking a little bit earlier about how we, you know, we were able to feel better than we originally were. But I would have liked to see the def, you know, like the fact that the Cardinals they rushed for team, like over two hundred yards on us, didn't they? Let me, find, uh, let me find the total stat. Hold on. Yeah, it it certainly looks like that. I mean, they had a lot. Of Arizona guys rushed the ball, for two hundred and thirty-four yards on us, and they passed for two hundred two. Yeah, I so mean they the run, had more rushing yards. The run defense is is concerning. It's been a concern. Now I feel better that it concerns me in a week when our two starting interior defensive linemen were out. And I also thought Javon Kinlaw played pretty well. And Kalia Davis also was got injured. So we were just really, really thin in the interior of the D line. But the linebackers were not tackling at their best. I mean it was just a it was a sloppy run defense game. Now I think you assume I all all signs point to getting Armstead and Hargrave back, hopefully, for the Ravens game next week. You assume that that really shores up the D line, but the Ravens are a team that will gut you in the run game if you let them and can and the, and the reason it didn't matter yesterday is because the offense just put on so many points now I think we can drop this many points on anybody but I I worry a little about a much better defense like the Ravens and an, uh, a much better offense as well so hopefully and I I have no reason to believe this won't happen but hopefully getting Kinlaw and Hargrave back which we should hopefully do shores up those run defense and and just energizes the team again but yeah it's concerning for sure yeah and something I just uh looking through the offensive stats for the Cardinals they're leading three receivers all three tight ends Trey McBride 11 targets 10 receptions and then the Higgins guy who got a touchdown and then uh is it Jeff Swaim all three guys in terms of leading yards for receiving had a, or are, are all tight ends. So here's something we need to talk about. Ready? 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 Oh wait, hold on. I'm Sorry. ready. Sorry, hold on. Let me pull up the actual stat. I was I'm trying to find Chase Young's snap count again. Oh, yeah. See how he did. The saga he continues. played okay. You know what? This was his best. He played he played 54% of snaps. So I take back what I was going to say. Chase Young getting more and more integrated into the defense every day. Good for him. I like that. Uh, hey, looking at our, our bull predictions, speaking of Chase Young, you predicted that he'd get a sack. 
He didn't, did he? Well, he got half a sack. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I meant. Uh, my bold prediction was we win by over two touchdowns and two interceptions. So that happened. And, man, I wish I threw in the fact that it would be Charvarius Ward. And I tried to get you to as well. I said, who's going to get the interceptions? <laughs> I set you up for it. I said, I think I said, I didn't write it down, but I think I said one Ward, one uh, one, Len- one Lenore. I, that's what I remember. I definitely wouldn't have. Pre- uh, maybe I said Jared Brown. I think part of me also thought Ward wasn't going to go because he he was beaten up, and so I I was expe- I was expecting him to not play. But regardless, we were pretty close, if not there, with those. So that's that's nice. Um. Yeah, you know, a great game, great win. Really bothers me that the freaking Arizona Cardinals were the team to put up the second most points on this Niners defense. I know no Hargrave, no Armstead, uh, no Hufunga, and, you know, no Oren Burks as well. So I, I get that. Um, but I think that this, we don't even have a, a B-team defensive line. It's one massive team when some guys play a little bit more, but it's it's the system that they all know so well. And I just would have liked to see, I, I don't know if they lost care because they were bulldozing them so bad. Uh, just, just you know, would have liked to see a more of a whomping and have more confidence in this this defense after a game like that. But any any final thoughts on this Cardinals game or this defense? No, I mean, Kyler play? Murray has consistently always kind of put up points on the Niners. He's a great quarterback. Uh, divisional team. And to be honest, I think the defense knew it didn't matter. I think they knew the offense was was cooking and... And I think maybe they maybe they slacked a little, and maybe maybe while the offense did not fall into this being a trap game, the defense may have a little. So hopefully they don't let that happen again, and and we can. But the you know what matters is scoreboard. That game after that Charveris Ward pick six, the game was never in doubt. So I'm okay with the guys lightening up the load on their bodies a bit and, and making it to the next week. You know. Yeah, no, I'm with that. So um, we should update. This. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was go gonna ahead. say we should update on the broader playoff picture in the nfc right now and uh of course the mvp race as well uh we can start that mvp conversation uh brock purdy is now the favorite i just checked the odds this points to the the playoff picture as well but dak prescott and the cowboys just got their butts kicked i think that ends dak's mvp candidacy uh you can't have a game as bad as he had today this late in the season and and still be a candidate he's had other bad games as well so i think that ends the dak conversation and i mean brock continues to run away with it i think you can make a strong argument that some of brock's production is is because of how talented the offense around him is but you cannot say that he is not the straw that stirs this drink he is the reason this offense is good and the MVP has been a quarterback award for over a decade now, so I, I think it's Purdy. I think he's the pick. He's having the best statistical season potentially ever by a quarterback, and he I think he deserves it. But Christian McCaffrey is also doing things no one ever's ever heard of as well. He just passed 20 touchdowns on the season. He is cooking, like you said, three three touchdowns today, and he stresses defenses and makes teams defend him specifically in a way that no other player does in the NFL. So I think he's the pick you're going to hear from a lot of people because people don't want to credit Purdy. I think Purdy's going to win it. 
Uh, and then both guys, this was fun, were, were asked about it after the game, and, and they both said, oh, and Brock was like, yeah, Christian's the MVP, and Christian was like, Brock's the MVP, and I just I think that's fun. I don't know, Daniel, what are your thoughts on that, that MVP conversation? I don't see a scenario. To me, the only case for it not to be Brock Purdy is the case for it to be Christian McCaffrey, and I just don't see them giving it to a running back. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a real part of this conversation. If if they come out and beat the Niners next week and he finishes strong, he could put away his second MVP. But but right now, I think it's Brock's award to lose. How do you feel about that? I just want to go back to the fact that you said the straw that stirs this drink. I haven't heard that expression. one before. You've never heard that? <laughs> that's a new... Nah, that's a new one for me. Oh, I like uh, that expression. It's also very no, true. I loved it. I, no, it is, and I, I just wanted to tease you for that. I liked it, though. Uh, yeah, man, part of me is almost – I'm torn because I'm almost – I'm frustrated that they'll never give the MVP award to a non-quarterback, and I think that's just silly. But, like, I understand how crucial the quarterback uh, position is in the offense, but what I just can't get over is if the quarterback – is if the quarterback position player is so important and crucial to where they're the only position that can win the MVP award. If that's true, then how the heck are people saying Brock Purdy is only good because of the system? Like those do not go to get that. Those cannot both be true, right? Are you with me? Where if the quarterback position is so important that only the quarterbacks can win MVP essentially, then you can't be saying, well, this quarterback's only good because of the system. Those yeah, don't well, work. and it's it's true that Brock has an incredible offensive system and a, and a really, really good run of receivers. We've also seen other quarterbacks with all of these things not do what Brock Purdy has done. And I just, I mean, you look at these stats, He's only, the only time a team has done what he's did was, was 2004 Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison was a pretty good receiver. Like, like I get it. Phenomenal. I, I I get that Brock has advantages no one else has, but when you look around the league this year, no one else is doing what he's done. Exactly. And other, and other you... I mean, the Cowboys have a better offensive line. Like other teams have advantages yes. as well. So I, I think, I, I think it's got to be Purdy because I just don't think it's going to be not a non-quarterback. And I think the biggest argument for it not to be Purdy is that Christian McCaffrey does things that no other player does. And then I think yeah. you give it to him. So if you could I bet understand. Like, a 49er to win MVP, if that's plus odds, lock that up today. I understand that this is a – like. I, I believe me. I hear what I'm saying when I say that there is a different quarterback that had the same system as Brock Purdy, and his name's Jimmy Garoppolo, or plug-in Trey Lance, and they both sucked or were, were not nearly this good. They were not at this caliber. They were not putting up the quarterback rating, the touchdown counts, the yardage. They were not doing any of this. And I understand I'm comparing them. I'm comparing Brock to Trey and Jimmy. But it just shows you that it's not just the system. It's a great system. But I feel like if you were to ask Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all these guys, and we're like, hey, you guys won an MVP award. Did your system suck that season? They'd probably say, no, it was pretty good. That's what helped me thrive. Yeah. There's because one other that makes name. Sense. I, I do think there's one other name that needs to be thrown out for the MVP conversation. Tyreek Hill. 
He's currently at 1,542 receiving yards, so this is unlikely, but at the pace he's able to produce, if he somehow manages to get to 2,000 yards before the end of the season, I, I think he might win it. When you look at, and I'm not, I, I can't take credit for this, I think I, maybe it was Danny Heifetz from The Ringer, I read it somewhere, but was talking about how anytime it's a non-quarterback, it's someone who put up a really neat number that has basically never been done before, right? No receiver's gotten to 2,000 receiving yards. You hear that, that's a big, round number, and it, it clicks, and it makes sense, right? And, and so I think... Number. I think that's the thing that probably holds back McCaffrey too of he's not putting up like a thousand a thousand again like he just is not putting up some statistical outlier number that that jumps out so that's the name to pencil in the back of your mind if Tyreek Hill can put up 450 yards over the next three weeks which maybe he can he's Tyreek Hill. I could see him vaulting into this conversation as well. And Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, if they finish really, really strong down the stretch, jump in. Josh Allen as well has been having an MVP caliber season, been largely ignored because of the Bills not being relevant. Seems like the Bills are relevant again. So if they run the table and Allen continues to just dominate, he could he could leapfrog his way into the conversation as well. But I, I think it's Purdy's I, award to lose, personally. I have a really hard time with... I just think the MVP award sometimes is so silly because it it just it's never the conversations around it and the award never seem to really be accurate of what it should be. Um, I would say Chris McCaffrey should get it over Tyreek Hill potentially, even if Hill gets to the, that yardage mark. Um, I still think Purdy is the favorite. I think the quarterback rating is one of the things that matters to me most. That shows you, hey, th- this is kind of like. The percentage or rating, obviously the rating that the quarterback, the impact that they had on the game, you know, their rating goes down if if they're throwing a bunch of interceptions and a bunch of touchdowns. Like Jameis Winston, his quarterback rating wouldn't be that great if he's throwing four touchdowns and four interceptions. Well, Purdy's throwing four touchdowns yesterday, no interceptions, no sacks. That's an incredible rating, and he did it all on 25 attempts. That shows you how incredible he is here. Um I would I would be done with the MVP award if Mahomes or Allen win it. Um, I think th- those are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. I just do not think they're having MVP caliber seasons. I think the Chiefs are imploding and Mahomes' frustration. And I think MVP, a guy who can come in and lead his team to victory at the end or play clean, when he ne- whatever it is, that's a huge part of the MVP to me. And I don't think we've seen that from, <clears throat> from Mahomes or Allen. They can have big games for sure. They're incredible quarterbacks and they can do that. But I just, I don't think that they have had, you line up their stats with some of these other guys that have won MVP, the other big names. And I just don't think that they have, that they would be deserving of the award and uh, Agreed. Of the award. And I, I think they would tell you that. I think both those guys would say, yeah, I don't know if like this year's like I think Lamar Jackson should win it before Mahomes and Allen this year, and I don't even think Allen really deserves it. Maybe I'm just so blind as a Niners fan, but I absolutely would say Purdy should win it, and then Christian McCaffrey should win it. Um, and quite honestly, I could go Tyreek Hill next or Lamar. Uh, yeah, or I don't know. A part of me says I don't. Know, I go back and forth because it's hard when teams like the Cowboys seem like such contenders, and then my goodness, they're pretenders in a game. And I go, yeah, I get Dak's numbers. Dak's numbers are up there. I think I would go Dak or Lamar, 
before I would any other quarterback, and then Tyreek Hill would be in between them, above them, below them. I don't know. But that that would be my top five, and if anyone out of that top five gets it, I just don't understand how they're grading. Totally, totally. So you, you hinted at this, but the next thing we need to talk about, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys got their butts kicked by the Bills yesterday, which, I Big mean— time. That that changes things in the NFC playoff picture. The 49ers already had the one seed. The Cowboys are now another game back on them. They have the head-to-head over them. They have the Niners obviously have the head-to-head over the Philadelphia Eagles as well. When you look at that Eagles game, they're coming off this two-week skid, right? They lost to the Niners, then they lost to the Cowboys, and now they're going into a Monday night game against Seattle, who, as we all know, is a, is a competent team. They're not on the Eagles level, but they are competent, and Jalen Hurts is questionable with an illness. This is a game the Eagles could lose, oh, and 49ers, I know last week I told you you had to root for Dallas. You got to root for Seattle this week. If Seattle can knock off Philly, that almost guarantees the 49ers the one seed we could even lose to the Ravens next week and still keep it we can lose one game and keep it if the Eagles lose tonight so you got to root for Seattle throw the throw your biases out the window if the Eagles lose tonight especially if Jalen Hurts is sick (coughs) this is probably the only nicely timed yeah that was on purpose uh it's the it's probably the only game they could lose they have a very easy schedule down the stretch it's like Washington and the Giants after this we need the Eagles to lose to Seattle if they do I think that almost guarantees the 49ers the one seed they could lose to the Ravens and still get it so that that's the playoff picture the one seed home field advantage is looking more and more like the 49ers every day they've clinched the division which is is fun the rams are in the hunt so that week 18 game could matter or could not matter if seattle loses if seattle beats philly we win out we can rest our starters week 18 so uh yeah. just a lot a lot hangs on this week and if jalen hurts is sick this is really the last opportunity i think for someone to knock off the eagles otherwise the niners are going to probably have to win out down the stretch so which is possible so this is this is their end of season oh, yeah. schedule we got they got three more games christmas evening against the ravens we've talked about it and we're gonna get into right now uh week 17 uh new year's eve 10 a.m we are in washington playing the commanders should be a good game uh january 7th home versus the rams we do not know what time yet Again, it's going to depend on if the Rams are playing for playoffs or not. But, you know, Ravens is the the big one, so let's talk about it right now. These other two, we can certainly hope and ex- expect a, a win, I would say. Um, Timmy, what's your, first, what's your first thought on Christmas evening Ravens? What's the feel? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? What... Give me some thoughts on that. I mean, I obviously have some some traumatic memories of of important 49ers-Ravens games from 10 years ago in the Super Bowl. I'm also slightly related, getting getting traumatized watching Joe Flacco be good somehow, and I, I have this little voice in the well, back of my mind. I have this little voice in the back of my mind saying, what if Joe Flacco takes the Browns to the Super Bowl and they meet and they beat the 49ers? It seems really impossible, threw, but I just— He threw three picks yesterday. Don't worry. Hey, man— it's Joe Flacco. That's what he's always done. He takes deep shots. 
But anyway, I don't think that's actually going to happen, but there's just this little voice in the back of my head that's like, what if the 49ers lose to Joe Flacco and the Browns in the Super Bowl? Anyway, we come in to the Ravens. Traumatic game from, from that. The Ravens, number one seed in the AFC. Lamar Jackson having probably his best season ever. You look at his MVP season, obviously he was doing things no one has ever done. But the the distinction there, in in my mind, is that Lamar is... It has a pass catching core like he's never had before and a, a passing offense designed so much better than anything he's had before. So you still have his incredible threat in the run game. Obviously, he is a one of one NFL runner uh, at the quarterback position. And then you've got a competent pass game around him for maybe the first time in his career. Odell Beckham Jr. is somehow still getting it done. You got Zay Flowers. Nelson Aguilar sometimes pops up and, and has a little threat. Of course, Mark Andrews at the tight end spot. You've got a good passing core around Lamar for the first time in his career. So this is not what you think about the Ravens. This is not just running, option, Lamar taking off, running backs taking off in the same way it used to be under offensive coordinator Greg Roman, who we 49ers fans are familiar with from his days with the team under Jim Harbaugh. Anyway, that is a long, rambling way to say this offense can destroy you in the run game with Lamar using his legs and, of course, using that to open up opportunities for for Gus Edwards at the running back position he's going to be the main name you hear now at at that spot and then add in the fact that this is the most competent passing game Lamar has ever played in and Lamar is playing at an MVP level this offense really really scares me especially if we can't shore up that interior defensive line and and then this Ravens defense is playing phenomenal as well there I think it's a first time off a defensive coordinator who's name is eluding me is it Mike McDonald anyway he's been a, a darling of NFL Twitter this season he is called he has cooked up a phenomenal defense uh, they haven't cooked up a, a defense that Kyle Shanahan can't beat but it's a it's a little scary as well so I don't know everything about this game scares me if I was not a fan of the 49ers I would be circling this I'd be so excited for it but I'm, I'm a little stressed obviously but Daniel, I've been rambling a long time to say that this Ravens team is really good and they're not what you've come to expect the past couple seasons from the Ravens as just a run game threat. They are a, a true passing offense as well. Yeah, so very uh, similarly, I guess, to the Cardinals, you know, you go look at some of their, their players and you might not recognize some of their names, but they're good. This is a very different team. Uh, but especially... We're going to note that in this offense, uh, their rookie running back who has stepped up, uh, your heart has to go out to the Baltimore Ravens because over the last few years, there there is a curse on the, on running, the running back, back room, room. On specifically in the running back room. They've had some severe injuries like Marcus Peters tore his ACL. This is a number of years ago now. Uh, but my goodness, so to start the season, it was week one, right? J.K. Dobbins out. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins, right. who's already suffered a horrendous knee injury. I think did he did he tear his Achilles? Yes. Yeah, and so uh, Justice Hill, their third string running back at the time, also the first time uh, J.K. Dobbins did that two years ago. Justice Hill tore his ACL as well. Um, he is back and healthy, and Gus Edwards is healthy and got a touchdown uh, yesterday and. It has been their starter, but then their rookie Keaton Mitchell took over, and well, I guess not took over. That's where Edwards he was playing still really, really well. An undrafted rookie Keaton Mitchell and tore his ACL. 
or I guess it's not confirmed. He got hurt last night. Uh, they, they said, they said it was a year. season-ending knee injury. They, I don't know that it's been confirmed, but but season-ending. John Harbaugh said it was serious. Yeah. It was. So he will not be playing Christmas Eve. So they have Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and they have promoted Melvin Gordon back from the grave. I mean, the practice squad. And Isaiah Likely was their leading receiver. One touchdown. So I'm curious. Isaiah Likely, Man, this their, is... their second tight end. Who's, who's young and good. Uh, what I would really like as, because we have so much access to the 49ers, just kidding, um, I would love to know how they're preparing for the Ravens. That's that's like the, the desire that I have mostly is to just, I want to understand how are they looking at the Ravens offense because Lamar threw the ball 24 times, one less than Purdy, and so, like, the Ravens' offense is, is weird to me because they had, I mean, they had uh, 34 minutes of time of possession compared to the, Rave, uh, the Ravens, the Jaguars' 25, almost 10 minutes more. But yet, Lamar only threw the ball 24 times. That is not much. And then they rushed the ball, uh, quick math, Lamar 12 times, Keaton Mitchell 9, Gus Edwards 16, Justice Hill 5, that is, I believe that's so, uh, 16 plus 5 is 21, correct? Add the 9, that's 30. So 42 times, maybe that's a good amount of rushing the ball between four guys. I'd say that's up there for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the thing to call out, right, you've got all this running back turnover in the, in the Ravens running back room. But similarly to how we always used to say the 49ers can have any running back produced because of how good Kyle Shanahan's system is, the Ravens can also have any running back produced, but, but but for a different reason, and and not because of the, I mean the system is is good as well, but it's because Lamar stresses defenses in such a unique way with his rushing ability that it is going to create rushing opportunities for whoever they have out there. So even though we're going through all these running back injuries they've struggled with. It doesn't really matter that much because Lamar is going to create so much opportunity for the running back that anyone can get it done in the same way anyone can get it done in Kyle Shanahan's system. Yeah, and so Lamar was the leading rusher yesterday with, I mean, 12 attempts, 97 yards. That's an average of 8.1. He had a 21-yard run for his, his longest run, and... You know, we, we talked about the Eagles, uh, the Niners' defense with rushing quarterbacks. The Eagles handled Jalen Hurts really well, still got a touchdown. Um, I would say that the Niners handled Kyler Murray uh, pretty well yesterday in, in the running game in the sense that, he only, I mean, he only tried six times, and Kyler wasn't running the same way Kyler normally does. I think he's still playing safer just to stay healthy. He only ran the ball six times for 49 yards, an average of 8.2, so... He had some good rushes in there, and his longest was 15 yards, so the, mo- the majority of them went for a pretty good, solid amount. Um, but Lamar Lamar Jackson is is obviously the best rushing quarterback around, and I think if the coaching staff let him more, he could be the best of all time. I think he could pass Michael Vick. Oh, absolutely. The way he moves. Lamar moves in a way no one else in the NFL moves. And it's I mean, certainly you were not seeing the way Lamar Kyler Jackson highlights of him juking people when he was in high school. Dude, I mean, I had no idea. I feel like I was one of the latest people to learn that 
uh, that like move where he's running into the end zone and then just stops on his tippy toes and a guy runs in front of him and he steps in the end zone. I didn't know that was Lamar for the longest time. I know. I know. You're talking, yeah. Cause so, this, this is a video that went viral when Lamar was in high school for context. So Lamar is the whole game to watch in terms of our defense, their offense. It's all on Lamar. They don't have many receivers. I mean, likely we'll probably do something, but they don't have a ton of receivers. This game is going to come down to how well can the Niners handle or outplay Lamar? Can this defense shut him down? And can our offense do, roll through defenses like they have been? Because this Ravens team has a really good defense. So yeah, that really so is the only narrative in my mind. Yeah, this is the most competent team the 49ers have played. We did not see the Eagles at full health. Um, Lamar is playing the best the best ball he's ever played. And this 49ers defense historically has struggled with rushing quarterbacks. And, and so I think all of that adds up to me being slightly worried. And But, but that's okay. So it should be fun, and it should be a great game, and it's just a Christmas gift from Roger Goodell to all of us. So get excited, everyone. And, uh, yeah, Daniel, any, any kind of closing thoughts for the listeners? Uh, my bold prediction here is that Christian McCaffrey gets two touchdowns and uh, – Debo Samuel gets two touchdowns. Is that a fair prediction, even though that just happened? Ooh, I like, <laughs> I like, like that. It doesn't gonna feel say, like much of a prediction. I'm I'm gonna go with, and this is this is vague, and I, I don't but I, I I'm gonna go with Brock Purdy outproduces Lamar. And so I think that oh. probably oh, means yeah. Brock Purdy has more passing yards and more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Love it. These feel like lame predictions because they <laughs> they just they all happened yesterday, but Against against a better team, can they happen again? So exactly. that's, that's where they're not as lame. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us to preview the most exciting game of the NFL season. Have a very Merry Christmas, and uh, go Niners. Stay safe out there as always. <laughs>